0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burns.
0: Welcome to the MBFC First and Goal Podcast. I'm Kelly Burke, and joining me today is Jim Kramer, the Assistant AD for Athletic Performance at North Dakota State, also known as the Head Training Czar of the Bison football team. Coach, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: How would you sum up your training philosophy as it relates to football?
1: Oh, you know it's football specific. I mean, through my years of training and working with football coaches, you know, one of the biggest things, Coach Ball, uh, first coach I worked for here, you know, had said to me, you know, if it doesn't have something to do with football, you know, or it doesn't, it's not football specific, you know, why are we doing it? Um, you know, and that's kind of been my philosophy even before uh, meeting Coach Ball, but uh, that's what coaches i worked for have, have looked at, you know, if it's, it doesn't relate to becoming a better Defensive back, or a better—not just a better football player, but a better defensive back, a better kicker, better punter. Um, You know, why are we doing it? And that's so pretty traditional, but uh, uh, football specific, sports specific.
0: How does that include uh, the mental aspect into it?
1: yeah that I guess that includes the mental aspect because I think that helps motivate athletes okay when they're doing it and they, it's not just doing work to do work or do, doing training to do training and there's a there's they can relate something specifically to the field or specifically with their game of play to it that I, that I feel motivates the athlete
0: Mm-hmm. You you worked at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs before coming to North Dakota State. What commonalities do you see between the elite athletes that you train there and the North Dakota State football players?
1: Uh, just, you know, a, a real d- desire to 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 get better. You know, at this level, we get a lot of kids that, that weren't uh, – um, offered at that next level or we're not had the opportunity to play at the next level. So they come in with a chip on their shoulder. They're highly motivated, just like those athletes were out there. Um, and, you know, they're willing to do the little things off the field, right? Sleep, eat, rest, not just the stuff that we're doing with them in the weight room or out on the, the, the field running in that.
0: When it comes to summer workouts, which are starting later this week, what's the primary focus you want Bison football players to have after the nine weeks you have training together?
1: You know we've always talked about our summers up here um, and well we've asked our, our players coach climb and ask our players one time what's the toughest things you did that you do in this program and that the toughest things they had talked about or the hardest things was that first year you know you're, you're redshirting, red shirting and you're and you're not playing and it, it's hard to stay focused it's hard to see the big picture the other thing that they talked about our players talked about was just the grind of the summer here um, not not just one exercise one drill Uh, it's it was just the entire summer of getting up early and lifting and then coming back in the afternoon and running we split it up that way just because it actually ends up being less time that that the the guys are in here and then they're fresher when they're lifting in the morning not having worked a dead job all day during the summer um and then come back and and run them in the evening um it's a it's a lot more efficient with their schedules and when we started doing that 12 years ago 13 well maybe more than that now but if you go at the players like that that aspect of it uh being able to be fresh and splitting up the workout
0: when it comes to the the strength part of what you just talked about you know are you trying to build muscle mass and bulk during the summer because you know during the season you're obviously losing weight or is are you working on explosiveness or is there a certain aspect you're really concentrating on
1: yeah, you know, our winter is our primary time to develop, develop size and strength, and, and affect body composition. When we're that far out, conditioning is not going to have a much of a factor in the in the winter. Um, we do 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 enough conditioning to get us ready for spring ball and handle spring ball. But the summer, the emphasis starts to shift. Yeah, the first part of the summer, we're developing strength and. And, and body mass and changing those body compositions, hopefully gaining more lean muscle mass. But then as the summer goes along, the emphasis gets switched to a little bit more on the, on the running and the conditioning aspect of it so that we are ready for fall camp and have the, have the body conditioned uh, for pr- practices, not just games, but sometimes it's just the practices of fall camp. To, you know, conditioning the muscles, tendons, ligaments, and joints to what's going to happen out there on the football field.
0: How do you develop toughness?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I I I hate that mental toughness thing. It's it's I, again, it's it's not about one drill. It's not about one exercise. It's it's I think it's your your program um again like as like i mentioned what i want to hope the players get out of our summer is just the work ethic the grind um of the summer it summers aren't easy because you know it's, it's easy just going to class and coming in and working out but now when you have to come and work out and then go do a summer job we don't might want them to get real strenuous summer jobs but something to keep them active something to keep them engaged um and, and then to do that, that and to do that week in and week out, our players have told us that's what what develops the mental toughness. It's not necessarily one drill or one exercise or me hollering and screaming at them. It, it's it's, it's the, the long term, and that, that's what you know. You look, you can compare that to what you're trying to develop for the season, um, especially our long seasons with a football player. That ability to handle that day in and day out, I don't know pressure and having to work and, and that that routine and that grind. I, I think that's the best way to develop the mental toughness versus one drill or one exercise. And then also, you know, we tell them, hey, you know, there's no one person who's not mentally tough. It, you're, you're mentally tough together, so rely on each other. You know, freshmen, rely on those upperclassmen in the summer to help you coach you through the summer and get you through that. Freshmen, rely on those upperclassmen during the year uh, to help you, you know, get through that year. And uh, that that's what develops the toughness.
0: How drastically have you had to alter your, your training schedule, say from, from the early years, you're at North Dakota state to now just given how much longer the season it because the the team is playing for national titles, essentially year in, year out, it, it, you're adding on an extra six weeks to the regular season. So how has that been affected training wise?
1: You know, it's actually, I feel like it's benefited us because yeah, there was a strength coach one time that said the best way to, to, to get into sh- condition shape is never to get out of shape. And if you look at that routine, we get back on January in January uh, from that last game. And, uh, you know, we go back to class right away on Monday. Um, and uh, but we give the guys maybe a week and a half is all we give them off at that point. So we never really get out of sh- condition. Um, you know, I think we've been able to avoid a lot of issues where we maybe had a month or two off. Other schools are dealing with issues of really having to get detrained kids back into training. And, you, you know, some kids over that break will take care of themselves. Other kids won't. So then you've got that that variation there. Um, so I think it's helped us uh, to stay in shape year-round and to stay in condition year-round. Um, yes, with all the reps they're taking and the, and the toll on their body, yeah, we're doing a lot of individualization of workouts um, maybe even in January, where after someone's went through, you know, a, a long season to, to regroup and kind of reset their body or maybe a surgery we're dealing with at that time. Um, you know, it's always, you know, there's the, the tallies of how many surgeries we're going to have after this season to get, and which every school does, but it seems like we've, we're, our, our surgeries don't have Christmas break to heal over. They got to heal during winter workouts. So they're missing some time there uh, during winter workouts um, so, and then, you know, with the, with the length of the season too, you've got to give, give, uh, players some time off, some recovery time where we're pretty good about keeping them in tune to what the schedule is going to be. Here's when your recovery time is going to be. Here's when you can get away and get a mental break just as well as the physical break with the bodies.
0: When a player comes in as a freshman, what are your highest priorities in developing them in their first season? Even if they're redshirting
1: you know we're we're wanna we wanna work on body composition development of strength and size um, and, and that and, and getting a foundation laid where they're learning the training techniques that we're we're using here in terms of how we teach certain exercises and how we do certain exercises um, you know, the other foundation we want to get them into is that team atmosphere of working together as a group. So usually those redshirt players, even with the four redshirt rule now, we've tried to keep that, that group together this past year. And I think that's really helped uh, to get them training together, bonding together. Maybe occasionally there's some upperclassmen that we put into that group too, which uh, again that that only using that leadership from above and and teaching the younger guys how to do things um, during that first year um, is helpful with that. So I try to incorporate some upperclassmen in that group that's redshirting. but maybe it's not as playing as much, or maybe that person's redshirting themselves too. Um, so, you know, it's, that's, that first year, that's what we hope to accomplish. And I always tell them, use this time. You know, you may not see, you know, okay, you're 170 pound defensive back. Well, by the time you're a senior, you may not be playing at 170 pounds you need to be you, you won't be on the field if you're at 170 pounds yet don't wait for then for that to happen because the next year there very well could be a surgery you have to have during one of workouts you don't hope for that you don't want that but that's what could happen so you've got to you got to try to emphasize to those young kids there's still got to be a sense of urgency there you can't wait and even with, now with the four redshirt rule it, it should help um Speed that process to maturity. Uh, race to maturity is what we call it with with our players. Um, don't wait. Don't think it's you know it's your junior or senior year before you can contribute. You may have to contribute before then. So it's a race to maturity.
0: How do you balance pushing players to their physical and mental limits while still getting the most out of them and and getting more out of them, frankly?
1: Well, you got to know your players too. You got to know medical everything from medical history just to knowing them ask people to and how how to push them when they can be pushed you know and 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 if they can be pushed and that Um, you gotta and I also feel like we rely on our players together helping our under upperclassmen push our underclassmen in the right way Um, sometimes that can get a little um, out of hand our kids do a great job of holding each other accountable and responsible but we always got to tell the upperclassmen, the seniors, you know, okay, remember where you were at now. All right, let's give, give them time. Be persistent with it, but uh, let's not just crush them the first day, as we're trying to coach them and teach them in that. So you rely on that senior leadership, that team leadership, all right, to 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 push players and to also know when when not to push players.
0: How has yoga and flexibility become uh, important to a student athlete's recovery?
1: Um, you know, we got a saying that was coined by one of our players many years ago, Danny Lukey. Um, you know, he we were talking about, hey, you got to stay flexible during the season, because the first thing I've always noticed is when an athlete gets injured, you know, trainers, oh, he was really tight in his hamstring, really tight in his hip flexors or something. And so we've always talked about the importance of especially in season and staying flexible we'll do more static stretching more yoga um in the in season then when we'll we we'll rule the off season as recovery and helping to stay flexible and the the term that or the the saying that was coined was stay flexible stay healthy mm. and uh the players have really bought into that over the years and it's stuck with us and and uh um it, it does it has played a big role now maybe not yoga always isn't um Yoga for a football player probably needs to be different for than yoga for um, the average person like n- yes. me or you or Ryan over yeah. here. It needs to be a different type of yoga, whereas a yoga for a football player needs to probably be, again, sport specific You know, is there certain muscles, certain movements that they need to stay flexible in and stuff.
0: Have you guys gotten into anything with meditation at all?
1: No, not really. Okay. Uh-uh. Um... Uh, nothing there. there no. Okay.
0: What, what's a trend in the area of performance that most excites you?
1: Oh, most excites me. Uh, I guess the old stuff coming back around to being new <laughs> stuff. Realizing that that's what's happening. But uh, you know, an, an area that that uh, kind of is is interesting. You're seeing that has come along and is staying and is sticking is the athlete monitoring and uh, uh, the technology and the GPS and. Um, not that we want to have that dictate our practices. I think you still have to coach and there's an art of coaching, but using some of that information to learn about your athletes, uh, I think is going to be huge. Um, maybe it's a good thing I'm getting older and probably to get out of the field because probably technology isn't my strong point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I think sometimes when you bring technology into athletics or bring it into the weight room, you know, it's got to work. It can't slow down the workout. It can't detract from the workout and that. But, you know, as, that's something I tell young strength coaches. You've got to get into the technology aspect of strength training, of conditioning, of of all that, because that's, that's where the future is going to lay. You're going to have to know how to use that stuff efficiently and effectively.
0: Coach, I want to be respectful of your time, so I just have a couple more questions for you. Uh, why does the Bison football team appear to have such an edge – late in games and especially in the fourth quarter.
1: You know, I think it's some of the, some of us just the pride our players take in being strong in the fourth quarter. You know, it, it, some of it's just, is it just, you're right. It's just a mental aspect with that. And then other points of it too is, you know, we consistently train year round in season. We don't, is there's strength running is not de-emphasized. It's part of the, 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 weekly hours. It's part of the training. We talk to our players about taking care of their bodies and recovering from games so they come back the next game and are, are are as as healthy as they can be um you know and I, I think that's got a lot to the mental aspect of it and then just the consistent training that we've put in day in and day out and maybe not taking some time off here or there um that not only develops mental toughness but also develops a physical toughness with it too
0: how do you personally go about building trust with players and individual relationships when so often you're working out guys in a a team and group setting?
1: Well, I, I guess yeah, you know, you're you're right. I I've sometimes coaches talk well. You see them more than any other coach on the on the staff. You're with them more often. I just don't feel like that time is always quality time because we are. I'm I'm conscious of their time. We've got so many hours ncaa wise to 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 get that training in they've got only so many hours with class schedules and things like that so um you know we try to make use of that and make that quality time um sometimes you know i'm more one-on-one with them more trying to develop those relationships when we're out on the football field in the locker room i'm trying not to take time away from the football coaches who i I know but yet that's the time where yeah you can get to know a player better than you can get to know them during the lifting workout training workout it may seem impersonal but boy that player's got a lot going on later on that day you need to get him in get him out and uh get him on to the next thing and i think eventually they do appreciate that and then maybe helps build that trust um you know yeah maybe it's not always uh, tough love or or love tough or whatever however you want to want to say that but I think that gets appreciated uh, I think our players yearn for some discipline they, they yearn to be held accountable and responsible they want to hold and then they learn to hold each other accountable and responsible and that's I think develops that relationship too
0: finally I wanted to ask you what has kept you in Fargo the last 15 years I know you've had opportunities to to take other positions but what's so special about the place there
1: uh, you, you know, there's you know, the, the university itself, the type of athletes we get here, the type of players we get here that are that are hungry. Um, so, yeah, those kids and my own kids have kept me here in Fargo. Um, great place to raise kids. It's a great place. I always tell our, our recruits and parents who recruit, hey, it's a great place for your kids to grow up, you know, in, in their college, in their college time, it's that type of a town where they can get out, get involved in the community, and the community really respects them and uh, and that. So, um, but that's that's and it's it's again the type of kids we get here uh, is is pretty special, I think.
0: Well, coach, this has been very enlightening, and I look forward to connecting in person during the season. Thank you for taking the time with me today. Thank you. If you like what you heard from Jim Cramer and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. LineUpMedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Two Birds on a Bat, You're on the Clock, and The Circuit of Success. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Burke, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts.